Hello, everyone. This is Brad Thomas with iREIT, and I'm back again with another edition of a CEO roundtable interview. Uh, today, I'm joined with Taylor Pickett. Taylor is the CEO of Omega Healthcare Investors, ticker symbol OHI. Uh, Taylor, good to, good to hear from you today. Good afternoon, Brad. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, it's been a while. I think we uh, we touched base after the first quarter. Again, now we're uh, into the uh, or after the second quarter results. Uh, of course, into the third. Uh, can you tell us at a high level kind of what's happening with the pandemic and how are how are your operators uh, weathering the storm? Yeah, thanks, Brad. The um, the pandemic has been very difficult in the skilled nursing facility industry um, and the senior housing industry in terms of occupancies. We've seen some occupancy declines, although um, in July and August, we think um, that the downturn has subsided, so we should be in pretty good shape. But that's against the backdrop of very meaningful federal government support of the industry, um, which has allowed our operators um, in general to make their payrolls, pay their uh, vendor obligations, and pay rent. So we've been in very good shape financially uh, receiving nearly 100% of our contractual rents from operators, uh, which has allowed us to continue to pay our dividend. And I think as we look out through the rest of this year uh, and the current and continuing support from the government, uh, we should be in pretty good shape, um, at least through the balance of this year. Great. Uh, well, let's talk about the company Omega in general. Uh, in terms of your balance sheet and liquidity, um, you know, kind of how would you, how would you uh, 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 reference that in terms of your, uh, you know, performance and balance, if you could balance that same question with your potential new investments uh, and how you're able to manage your, your cash flows. Yeah, so the balance sheet is in, is in great shape. Um, we have one of the lowest levels of leverage um, in the healthcare re industry at just over five times debt to EBITDA. Uh, that's been our policy historically and it's uh, been maintained through the pandemic. We have substantial liquidity north of a billion dollars of availability to meet um, liquidity needs, which are very limited at this point in time. And then to segue into your question about um, investment activity, there is a little bit of activity, um, but not a lot, which we're easily able to handle with our excess cash flow after paying dividends and the availability on our line. So I think for the near term, um, we're not looking at lots of acquisition activity and capital deployment, but the amounts that we will deploy, we have um, more than enough availability on our balance sheet. Great. Uh, can you touch on the uh, the development project? I know it was delayed a little bit up in uh, up in Manhattan in the upper upper east side. Uh, how that's coming along, and and uh, you know, are they are the is your operator still you know paying rent, or what's the status of that? Yep. So Maplewood is the operator. Uh, the building on 93rd and Second Avenue uh, is finished. Uh, we received the temporary certificate of occupancy yesterday. Good. So your question is timely. Um, there's a little bit of internal work on some of the um, 
electronic communications and the high-end technology that's going to be completed the week after Labor Day. Uh, then it's just a question of <clears throat> when do we actually start to admit residents into that building. Um, part of that's going to be driven by the final state licensing. And a little bit of it is um, just Maplewood's view of the market, but I would expect that um, in the next month or two, we will uh, officially open the doors and start to bring in residents into that facility. So um, it's, a, it's a beautiful physical plant, and I think it's going to be very well received. Yeah, and I guess it's a new facility. Is that is that going to help, uh, you know, lease up this uh, property? I know it's very difficult in this environment, but is that potentially going to be an advantage? I think it will be an advantage. The one thing we don't know is Manhattan, um, obviously one of the hardest hit geographies uh, in the country, and just what the response will be in Manhattan. But our our view today is that that building will fill at a pace that we expect, and we can look to some of the other Maplewood properties um, in the um, geography surrounding New York, and those properties were hit with occupancy declines, but um, have recently rebounded pretty significantly. Um, so we are, we are seeing the rebound of occupancy in the high-end part of the market, and I think Second Avenue will, will uh, track with that as well. I was looking at your second quarter earnings and uh, one of your acquisitions uh, was a uh, master lease with a cash yield of 9.4% with 2% annual escalations. Is that, um, is that fairly consistent with the cap rates that you're seeing today? I would say so. You know, the one thing, Brad, is there's just not that much activity. Mm -hmm. Um but that would be the general expectation, mid nine yields with escalators in the two to two and a half percent range. Uh, and I think to the extent that people are pricing product and they're trying to look past the pandemic at a normalized run rate, that would be how you see things priced today. But because of what we're in, um, there's just not a lot of transaction activity. Well, I guess in, in terms of your cost of capital, obviously your, your debt cost is still very attractive today. Equity is probably still relatively uh, expensive, not too bad. I mean, you're trading at a, you know, 10, one multiple. Um, so are you at a nine and a half cap rate? Uh, how do you, how do you kind of feel about your cost of capital to transact? I know it's a tougher in this environment, but uh, do you think you're, you know, if you had a, a pretty nice portfolio that comes along, um, are you still able to transact at the current cost of capital? Yeah, we are. Um, you pointed it out, though. It's not, it's not particularly desirable um, with a $31 stock price. But, um, but I think um, we will see all of that uh, move in a positive direction once their clarity comes. And that's part of the reason you're not seeing you know, much being transacted. Uh, but the short answer is, uh, if we see a desirable portfolio and it's with one of our existing operators, um, we, we would do the deal. Yeah. Yep. So I'm looking at, um, you know, analyst consensus. It looks like, you know, 20 is very modest growth uh, as our analysts have forecasted, but it uh, looks like 21, 22 appear to be, you know, kind of clawing back out um, in terms of you know, that particular, particular growth. Actually, I'm seeing in 2022, 
again, it's hard to forecast that far out, but again, you have contractual leases, so it does make it easier in that property sector. I've got 12 analysts, excuse me, I've got seven analysts that are reporting out to 2022 with 5% growth. So kind of moving back into kind of more traditional growth rate. So um, do you feel like, you know, in terms of where we are in this economy, and again, I, I have uh, fully agreement that, you know, I think the government has really stepped into this property sector and supported it in a big way. And I know we have an election coming up, so I'm not going to get on the political uh, question here with this, but uh, how do you see 2021 shaping up? I mean, you know, you know as much as I know in terms of vaccine and all that, uh, or potential vaccines, uh, but how do you see 2021 shaping up? It, it, it obviously isn't starting to improve, um, you know, but how do you, you know, kind of how, how would you weigh in on 2021? You know, I think it, um, there are a couple of things. One is uh, 2020 and where we are Q2 has been pretty good in terms of our run rate of FFO and FAD. And I think um, generally we've been a little bit better than where the analysts thought we would be. So to the extent that some of the baseline of their 21 expectations is built on um, 2020, where we've done a little bit better, then yeah, just from a starting point, I felt good rolling into 2021. I think 2021 in and of itself is it's really going to be driven by what you said, which is vaccine timing and our ability to get back to some level of normalcy. And so I think 2021 and the results there are going to be principally driven off of what is that timing. That timing's January, then all of 21 should be pretty good. If that timing's June of 21, then I think it's the back half of the year. So, um, so I'm not trying to avoid the question. I, I just think the, the return to normalcy is where we'll start to see our model return to how it's produced growth historically. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to try to hit you with forward looking here, but you know, you, you have maintained, you know, that, that dividend growth, albeit modest, um, but you've hung out there, you made it through, I think some of the tougher times uh, when the market was really doubtful that you were going to be able to hang on the dividend. So how do you, how do you feel about the dividend uh, at this level? Um, we feel good. You know, we, um, the model's resilient. It's proven itself out. Um, our payout ratios continue to grow more conservative. Um, so that's very good in terms of maintaining the dividend and having the, the ability to look at um, increases once we get more visibility around everything that's out there in the world. But um, um where we are today, um, assuming status quo, we're in great shape in terms of dividend payout ratios. And, um, and on a forward basis, again, assuming a return to some level of normal, um, you know, our model has proven the ability to grow uh, FFO, which correlates to growing dividend. Yeah. And I guess the last question, again, then, um, we've recently uh, been reporting a lot, obviously, on the Simon Taubman deal that fell apart. I was in the court and uh, put some potential M&A in the net lease sector that we think is, is, uh, is imminent. Um, you know, is there any opportunities to, maybe it's not as much a REIT to REIT deal, but how do you feel about some M&A in this environment? There seems to be some pretty good opportunities. Again, that kind of goes back to that cost of capital 
Um, you know, Omega is the, you know, king of the hill. You're the, you know, the consolidator, the, the largest, um, you know, um, player in this pure play skilled nursing sector. Do you feel like, you know, there's some opportunities out there uh, if they came along that would you would take advantage of those? Yeah, I think um, right now there, there are no opportunities that we're aware of. Um, but to the extent that uh, there's a dislocation in terms of values, uh, you know, we, we obviously, we definitely would look. Um, and, you know, my view is that uh, in those situations, um, you'd be looking for something with probably north of a nine and a half imputed yield so you could make the uh, activity worthwhile. Um, so I, you know, there's nothing there today. We're always looking. Uh, we've, we've, um, we tend to be opportunistic. So uh, to the extent that something comes our way, we'll definitely, we'll definitely be interested. Yeah. Well, listen, that's, uh, that's very helpful. Um, it does look like there's still uh, plenty of room for, for both price growth, um, but also for, uh, for earnings growth. So, uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I know it's uh, uh, difficult getting through this, this pandemic, but it, it does appear as we're a lot better off than we were, I guess, after the last call, and hopefully the next call will be even better. So thank you for, uh, for, for joining us today. Yep, thank you. We'll talk to you soon.